This morning I would like to offer the final um, meditation uh, instructions. We come to the last full day of the retreat together. The day is one, as with the previous days, to give priority to the experience and the unfolding of today. It can easily happen, of course, that on the last day especially, thoughts about tomorrow and the day after and so forth may arise. But the encouragement and the invitation to really give full care and consideration to the practice so that clarity, reduction of stress, well-being, insights, reflections still continue. Uh, tomorrow uh, morning, when we meet in here at 9.30, I'll speak to you about the transition from here to daily life, about various aspects and features of that, and using the language of practice to embrace the fullness of the day. Mindfulness and meditation reflections, but much more as well. During the day, there will be the sign-ups for those who wish to come for a one-to-one. met with a number of you uh, yesterday and therefore those who are here and didn't have the opportunity yesterday, as I mentioned, there are some spaces uh, during today. There will be the uh, talk in the afternoon, in the evening period. The uh, uh, form will be a question and answer period and rises of course with the days and the experiences and teachings and much more there so there's an opportunity from that 7.40 period through to late 30 for any questions and I'll endeavour to respond to them at that time as well. In the morning period we have a full uh, flow through uh, tomorrow uh, morning with the visit to the stupa and the uh, period of time in here roughly from 9.30 to uh, 11 which will include talk and sharing and more besides and then lunch tomorrow with the closure is a little earlier and that will be at 12 noon uh, not at uh, 12.30 so coming back to the uh, uh, present and the explorations. So, just a small reminder, initially with regard to the talk from uh, yesterday, that in our so-called personal uh, life, there is the manifestation, the expression uh, of love. It is a very powerful, significant force for humanity. It is really worthwhile cultivating in the small and in the large uh, situations and really knowing uh, the presence of love. It is not possible for a human being to be consistently, persistently loving. No uh, human being has uh, achieved that kind of uh, (coughs) accomplishment and also not necessary to either. What is uh, important, though there may be the absence of love at times, nevertheless we can stay 
true here and in the daily life to <coughs> to non-violence. We touched upon in the inquiry yesterday evening the importance of uh, equanimity. So sometimes we may not feel loving, we may not have loving thoughts there, nor in the action, but there does not have to be any reactivity. So we are not putting nor placing pressure on ourselves to try to be loving to all people all the time. I doubt if it is possible, and I certainly have never met anybody so far who is consistently loving all the time. But there is the divine element, finding God, so to speak, uh, there with uh, the equanimity, the capacity to be clear and steady and non-reactive and to recognize and appreciate the importance of that in our life sometimes with regard to the way we are and what's happening for us and sometimes with regard to others and sometimes with regard to the condition of the environment and the ecology of life as, as well all requires a real steadiness and equanimity there which is not passive, but provides us with the opportunity to respond in a non-violent, non-reactive way. Mention was made yesterday, and it's a valid question uh, during uh, the day today, that the different expressions of love, the the word in the Pali, metta, M-E-T-T-A, it has three uh, meanings uh, to it obviously very closely related. A prime, one of the primary three reasons is friendship. And the second is kindness, loving kindness. And that's the one that the Theravada tradition often uses the most, but it is only a feature of the meaning of metta. And the third uh, is love. And in different environments, situations and contexts, Sometimes we experience uh, the friendship, um, uh, kindness in the acts towards the uh, other and sometimes the variety of expressions of love. And that can be the love of the creative, uh, the love of the nature, the love of service to others the love of another human being and animals, the love of the environment, many expressions and ways in which love can uh, manifest. In the day here, it is worthwhile, in whatever the activity or non-activity, sometimes just to raise the small question with ourselves as well. When I'm engaged in standing meditation, what shows the love? When sitting on the uh, meditation cushion, what, what reveals the kindness? When one is uh, just being outdoors uh, there and just moving from A to B, what reveals friendship? And these qualities of the heart, the qualities of uh, the clarity, it's a small reminder to us that there can be the presentation the revelation, the movement from within, which uh, shows love in a variety of ways. And a response to that 
gives nourishment to the heart, of course, but also to uh, others as as well. So that we really have a real conviction um, here in our formal meditations, as well as in the communications of others, to regularly remember and to regularly ask, what shows the love when I speak? What shows the kindness when I send uh, the, the text? What shows, expresses itself, the friendship to a, another? And we should never, ever take anybody, obviously, for granted in any way. And just because we sometimes say to ourselves or to another, oh, this person really knows how much I love them. The person may have forgotten. <coughs> one feels one has said it and made it very clear to the other person how much we love uh, the other. And then that can easily lead to a kind of lazy mind uh, which says, well, I have said it, I've made it really, really clear, I'm always available for you, I'm always accessible for you, uh, etc. People's lives are sometimes complex, they're difficult, uh, they're troubled or whatever. We cannot take for granted that the person will remember that we are available and we will always be available. Uh, th uh, that relying on the memory is not the best way to show love. It really is an ongoing interest, an ongoing support and to recognise and appreciate the diversity of ways as touched on in the talk with you this evening that it can show itself. And this is the power, this is the power of a human being. key feature of the teaching is not for self-interest, actually it's the reduction of self-interest in order to liberate the heart and one expression of a number is friendship, is kindness, is, is love. <clears throat> With the day here to really keep that uh, in the focus of our interest, our curiosity, uh, we might say. So over the uh, days that we have uh, uh, been here together, there's been the priority initially on the mindfulness of breathing. And with these uh, practices, either with the form, like our being here, and in countless other uh, situations as well, there is the opportunity, take the breath for example, to practice in all sorts of environments, in all sorts of uh, uh, <coughs> situations. And the value of that application is be the training in the mind so that when it really is needed for us life is going along fine and well it only takes one small point of information which just has a dramatic impact upon us at a time just one small point of information and if we've got a real good practice and understanding quite quickly we'll remember to come back to the breathing we'll breathe in and out very early and quickly we'll endeavour to keep some clarity so that we don't get lost in anxiety, worry fear, projections agitations or whatever so the breath then serves as a resource because we've got a practice that recognises its value and rather similarly with regard uh, to the body 
there's quite often lots of concern and some of the ways that it can show itself one of course um, is in the aging process and this is life it doesn't stand still and it doesn't go backwards it just moves in its own whatever uh, way with all the causes and conditions that go with it if anyone whether of any age is holding on in any way to the idea of youth beauty or being handsome or whatever uh, it might be that holding to that idea and that may have been confirmed over the years that it carries the shadow of the opposite so any holding in this case we're talking about youth and uh, handsome or beautiful or whatever the holding to that will at some point reveal the opposite and the opposite will be difficult if one is holding to the idea of health and the continuity of health it makes it that much more difficult to deal with sickness or to deal with an accident or an injury or whatever so we give response to the movement of the life we give response to a healthy way of life but we're extra mindful and conscious is there holding on to and the holding on to then makes uh, the aging process um, more difficult holding on to life makes death more difficult so non holding is receptivity it is connection it is clarity about the way things are unfolding uh, in this world and the non holding contributes to a great deal of peace of mind but anything can everything there <coughs> with the breath and uh, then the body and then we gauged in the process of the clarity around the mind and kind of using feeling uh, in that and just the encouragement to recognize as much as anything we are human feelings to feel to feel the connection not in order to give feelings great authority not to say because i feel therefore it is true but rather there is this feeling which is there and to really recognize it the feeling easily this is important easily leads to wanting and some of the wanting which shows itself or oh, i feel i want to do this in the future i feel i want to make this happen and that can be about any, anything and we have the feeling we have the view we have the stream of thoughts and we have the wanting and that cycle is one of the most influential cycles on a human being and it's one of those sequences in life which really are worth looking at and the sequence uh, uh, of of it uh, essentially is there is a feeling more precisely there's a contact with a feeling and the feeling could be pleasant or unpleasant or a bit of both 
And in this case, the reference is going to the future. So there's a contact with a feeling. The feeling uh, manifests. It triggers some thought. And in the dynamic of that, some wanting arises. I want this to be like this. Whatever it might be about. Or I might, I want this to be like this, but actually I'm not sure if I really want this. Uh, or I really don't want this to happen, but it might happen. It's interesting in the Dharma language and, and the precision of it, it's very hard to find a word, remember Pali, the language, really is about heart, mind, body, human beings and their relationship to others and the environment. The whole language. The classical languages focuses on that. It is extremely hard to find the word hope in the text. And there's a lot of hope given out. Politicians, of course, uh, uh, because it's so miserable in the present, uh, they hope it will get better in the future, <laughs> or whatever it, 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 it might be. It's, it's an avoidance mechanism of dealing with reality. And we have to be very mindful, just taking it. There's a contact with a feeling. The feeling triggers some thought, and the thought triggers some desire, and the desire triggers some hope in the future uh, there. The vulnerability is, with hope, though it's, it's a nice, generally speaking, pleasant feeling of what or how I would like things to be in the future there, but because it has a projection factor to it, a positive view with regard to the future, the vulnerability is severe disappointment. It's the shadow. Because it's a structure. The force of hope is a structure. And though we might say to ourselves, oh, we, 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 we really need to uh, uh, hope, we don't need to hope, we need to act. And... When the structure collapses because it's so vulnerable to a little change like a house of cards, when the structure collapses, it collapses and it generates disappointment. It's a disappointment, the absence of an appointment with the fulfilment of the hope. And sometimes people get very disappointed, hurt, anguish, sometimes depressed, and haven't realised that the repetition of the hope has been building and building and building. It's not actually happening, whatever it might be about. It's not actually happening. <coughs> it crashes. It crashes on top of the consciousness. And the poor old consciousness, as it were, you and me, poor old consciousness, suffers under the weight of the crash. That's what suffering is. <laughs> Tempted to say, can we live without hope? Sounds a bit despairing, I know, but it's not quite, not quite intended like that. The invitation is, with this particular uh, 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 feeling, in, in the references, in the, I just can't remember the actual word for the moment in the Pali, but it's worth bearing in mind, is, I would like this to happen in the future. There's a single word for it, we don't have it in English, but the, it's... The essential meaning is, I would like this to happen in the future, but it may not. One starts off 
you know, realism about tomorrow and next week. I would like it to happen, of course, but it may not. But it's quite clear right from the very, very beginning. Uh, there. And that gives a little bit more space and flexibility with regard from the present um, in, into the future. So in the heart-mind practice, it can be valuable, it is valuable at times, to forget the breath, forget the body, just sit, just walk as a secondary factor here, and just be clear about the presence of the state of mind. If it's agitated or calm, if there is wanting, craving, desiring in the mind, or, the, or there is the absence uh, of it. There is anxiety in the mind, or there isn't. There is <coughs> gratitude and appreciation, or there isn't. The mind, heart-mind, feels expansive, or it feels contracted. We simply want to be as clear as possible what is the situation for heart-mind here and now, and to be clear about it. And when it is beneficial, one feels the presence, one, let's say one feels quite expansive, uh, uh, steady, receptive, appreciative, uh, with all the clarity that goes with it. The method and technique in such times has kind of served its purpose. It's not that you have to work harder at it or try to go deeper with it, that it allows for deepening to um, naturally evolve or develop or deepen by itself. So in other words, when we're not clinging and holding, there's a potential to go much deeper and to let that depth by itself, quite organically, without any willpower, without any trying, just to settle more deeply into the being. And therefore that calm and the clarity, the expansiveness, are genuinely very precious. And one of the aspects of that, when we genuinely have a sense of expansiveness, we are close to true reality. Because it is obviously incredibly expansive. That's why we're interested in the expansiveness. Sky above, earth below, even that is pretty small in this universe. So we, we as human beings, in our own modest you know, little sense of who we are, with our roles and identities and our little constructions, and we say, yeah, 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 that's all right for daily life. However, there is the potential to have that sense of something so expansive in the being there that it's rather in tune with the reality which is obviously remarkably expansive. And therefore we take an interest in the expansiveness of the being, the expansiveness of the heart, the expansive of the mind, the expansiveness of the present, the expansiveness of the whole evolution of past, present and future. And those clarities and depths are really, really precious. As I say, just where there is that abiding, there, where there is that sense, sitting, walking, standing and reclining, indoors or outdoors, well, just rest with it. Just rest with it.
It's really important for the deep, for the waking up, for uh, liberation through the sense of the vast, which we can know and experience. Uh, we don't rely upon anybody else for that. Finally, with the day and with the, the meditations uh, there and through today, can be useful in all four postures to have no specific objective interest. So that means no specific focus on an object, so-called object. It's only an object because the subject says it is, by the way. It's not really an object, it's just that the subject is claiming it is. So the subject has the interest in the object, quote-unquote here, subject, quote-unquote here, and that might be the breath, as we said, might be the body, as we said, might be the heart and mind. <coughs> Precious and lovely meditations with mindfulness and reflections there, in which there is no <coughs> interest in regarding anything as an object. Human beings have made that agreement between, our, between ourselves. And therefore, in that, to be accessible and available with no interest to give priority to anything. The world is just revealing itself and we are not using any intention to put it onto something. And as it were, we heard a little bit like this last uh, night with the inquiry, uh, how very easily, even though it might be subtle and very refined, there is a certain discrimination. Selecting this and neglecting that has a real value, down-to-earth, practical for the daily uh, life, but we also can engage in meditations which, in which there is no control because there's no selection. And in that no control and no uh, selection there, just to see what naturally reveals and unfolds itself. If it is understood, which is the purpose, understood really well and clearly, clearly, and see, and we see clearly enough, <coughs> we realise what is the problem. Is a problem a manufacture of a contraction. Is a problem the mind manufacturing a contraction? A pressure, a holding. And therefore, sometimes, when there is no dwelling on the object, where all problems arise, Needs an object, the object might be called me, the object might be called body or breath or life or you or this. It relies on something to be, and the way of looking at it makes that object or that subject a problem. So, meditations today, if it's appropriate for you, abiding without any specific interest in an object. Anything. If you find, it easily happens, that in an expansive awareness with no highlighting of an object, 
you find the mind is wandering and drifting and uh, daydreaming and wondering what tea cosy is cooking up for lunch uh, and uh, anything uh, else, then it usually indicates we need to take in the relative world subject with the object for calm and steadiness and it gets a little bit easier and clearer for you just expand out so well life is extraordinarily expansive it's so expansive the expense of things is so great there is no birth and death in that expansiveness it was expensive yesterday it was expensive 10 million years ago it was expensive millions of years ago it will be expensive when our species has gone long gone and it will still be expensive. And that sense for that, appreciation, there is no birth and death in the vastness. It's just in the constructions. So wish to be receptive uh, to that as well. Part of a, belongs to a liberation teaching, a waking up teaching. Body, breath, heart, mind, no body, no breath, no heart, mind. All right, leave it to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we'll have a 20 minute sitting meditation together. <laughs>